Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gamba. Mary, let's um, kick this program off with one of the strongest leaders you're gonna find anywhere. We are joined by Ty Cooper, who is Chief Community Development Officer at the New Jersey Economic Development Authority. Ty, good to see you. Good to see you too, so happy to be here. Great, we've been in many meetings offline, um, particularly pre-COVID, and we look forward <laughs> to being together again. But in the meantime, do this, as we put up the website for the EDA, tell everyone what the Economic Development Authority is and why it matters to the state. No, absolutely. The New Jersey Economic Development Authority is the economic engine for the state of New Jersey. So when you think about the major developments that are happening all throughout the state, that is what we do. The pivot, though, during COVID was also to really start focusing intentionally on small businesses as well. So we have the economic engine with a heart. I like how you said that before Mary jumps back. Before Mary jumps in, Ty, let me ask you. And we've had several interviews with Tim Sullivan, the CEO over at the EDA. But but I'm curious, for small businesses, one third of whom uh, they've closed, small businesses have closed. One third, if not more, of the small businesses in the state. What are the greatest struggles in 2023 that small businesses in this state face? I mean, so we are we're doing a lot of work right now with the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia, really focusing on those that are underserved and underbanked. And being underserved and underbanked is still a critical issue, especially for those who are in the BIPOC community. Um, one of the things that we are proactively doing at every corner is making sure that we're reaching out to small businesses at EDA, really, but making sure we, we reach them where they are, helping them to walk through applications that can be really, really daunting, and also meeting the need, right? So if the big need is we want to be able to buy our space as opposed to renting our space, we're working on a program for that. If we're working on helping them get grants to um, redo their spaces through an improvement grant. That's something that we're also working on and also providing micro businesses because it's really those micro and home-based businesses that were hit especially hard during COVID. And so for us, what's the best way to work with them? And so it's through grants, it's through loans, it's through listening sessions and hearing exactly what they need and building products to suit that need as well. Well said, Mary, jump in. Yeah, I would love to talk. We talk all the time on Lessons in Leadership about pivoting, grit, innovation, resilience. I said, now three years into the pandemic, I think some of us probably don't want to hear some of these words ever again, <laughs> but it is so true from these small businesses and the small business leaders mm -hmm. that you are working with. Talk about that connection between grit and leadership, perseverance and leadership, and really uh, survival, especially in these challenging times. I mean, I have been blown away with the businesses we have come into contact with over the past couple of years. It's not just about them surviving, but helping them to thrive afterwards. I mean, there were businesses that immediately went through COVID and they were hit with the storm. And so when you talk about resiliency and their ability to pivot, their ability to really have that grit to push through has been remarkable. So anything that we're doing on our side at EDA is a testament to what they've already been through, right? So if we can provide some relief at the end of the day, that's what we try to do. But there are no small businesses like the ones that are in New Jersey that have that grit, that have that fortitude, and who are constantly pushing us to change, to move the needle and provide more resources and services. But I got to tell you, New Jersey makes them tough. And these businesses have really been doing a good job in pivoting their perspective and going to online, which is very different than having a, a brick and mortar business, but changing everything so you can have online sales as well. So they have really been able to pivot throughout this storm and really afterwards as well. Quick follow-up on that. Mm -hmm. we, we've had conversations with small business leaders. We actually have a small business series that we've been uh, doing for a while now. What do you say, Ty, to those small businesses who say, listen, 
we appreciate that the state is attempting to make a difference, but we do not feel that the state is overly welcoming to business. And um, that's a real perception on the part of some, if not many. What do you say to those folks? I push back immediately. New Jersey is one of the best places, in fact, to start a business. I mean, everything from our robust startup economy that we have here for venture companies that are looking or for BIPOC small businesses that are now coming to the state of New Jersey. I mean, just last year in the budget, we had over $20 million that was earmarked for Black and Latino startups. And so again, in those areas where folks feel like they're not seen, they're not heard, we're actually putting resources there. In addition to that, if you're signing a lease in New Jersey for five years or more, we're also offering through EDA up to 40% off um, to help with your lease payments. And so again, for, for the businesses that we've talked to, we've sat there, we've listened to them, we've heard about their pain points, but New Jersey is ripe and open for businesses. The fact that we have several entities from the Department of Community Affairs to the New Jersey Redevelopment Authority who pivoted during COVID to really focus intentionally on small businesses, I would push back and just say, we are doing a lot more than anybody anticipates to support businesses. And again, not just with paying the rent more, but with helping them to expand their footprint, with helping them to franchise, with helping them to go from online to brick and mortar businesses as well. So I say that there's a lot to do in New Jersey and that's exactly what we're doing. As we put up the website for people to find <laughs> out more about how to access programs at the EDA, uh, Mary, jump back in. But we do acknowledge that for some, it's hard to navigate, Ty, to, mm -hmm. even if programs are there, it is complicated for some to navigate that. And our job is to provide information so people know where to go. Mary, jump back in. Yeah, to tie it back to leadership, obviously, we're both uh, women leaders. I like to see us <laughs> both as women leaders. Uh, for young women today that are watching this and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm not sure what direction I want to go in. And mm -hmm. it's a male dominated world out there when it comes to the C-suite. Talk a little bit about where you got your confidence from. Obviously, uh, it shows through uh, today and in our previous meetings with you. Talk <laughs> about where your leadership and confidence comes from. Um, I'll say a little phrase, she'd get it from my mama, but, um, <laughs> but, but it really, really and truly is it, true. I've been so fortunate throughout my career from starting working with Senator Lautenberg, where we had the FRL ladies, where there was just a dynamic group of women who took me from the very beginning and held my hand and walked me through the process to having a strong mother who said, there is no glass ceiling that you can't break, you can move forward. And so for me, I feel fortunate for the mentors. I've got to mention Micheline Davis, Marsha Brown, Nancy Cantor, these women who really wrapped their, I know you're gonna clap for these dynamic yeah. <laughs> women, but have literally wrapped their arms around me to ensure that not only do I not fail, but that I also create pathways for other women who are coming up. Because again, it's not gonna be me here forever and it shouldn't be. We should be creating pathways and pipelines for women to get here as well, for other women to get here. I want people that are gonna be way better than me. That put me to shame actually, that's what I want. Ty, you see that as a, as a major responsibility of yours, do you not? If not you, then who? It has to be. It has to be. I think it's so incumbent upon women who are in positions of power and positions of opportunity to reach back and to help. Because again, but for other women that helped me, I wouldn't be here. And I feel like this, I'm just getting to like the circus of what I want to do. But again, it's incumbent upon all of us who are in leadership roles, all of us who have been there and done that to come back and help other people. So it's not other enough women for specifically. It's not enough for you to be on all the lists of most influential, up and coming, she's a great leader, which you are on all those lists. It's not enough, is it? Absolutely not, because you, you still have to move the needle and it's not gonna be one person. They have this phrase, if you wanna go far, you go alone. Um, and if you wanna go fast, you go alone. If you wanna go far, 
you bring others with you. And that's exactly what you have to. And I butchered that quote terribly, but the point being, it's a collective group. It takes a group. It takes a unit. It takes a team and a family. You cannot and should not do it alone. That's Ty Cooper. <laughs> She's the Chief Community Development Officer at the New Jersey Economic Development Authority. Ty, we thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you both so much. You got it. We'll be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, Resourcing the World, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. We're going to be joined by our longtime colleague, Colin Gilbert, over at Valley Bank in just a second. Speaking of Valley Bank, Mary, they happen to be one of our major sponsors that make this series possible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was well, trying to fight Mary, it. Mary, you can't be coughing on the air. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is happening to me? Right, then I'll do I, it. Well, what's even worse is I was trying to fight it, so my eyes are watering, so I need like 10 seconds. I'm sorry. This has not okay. happened all day. No, I'm going to stall for Mary while she gets a drink, gets her glasses on. She'll put her glasses on. No, I don't know what happened. That's okay. I'm going to see if I can make her laugh. By the way, we're still on the air, Mary, just so you know. <laughs> oh, oh, so we're just going to do this live. All right, I'm All ready. Right. I'm Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's better now. I can Four tell it's sponsors, past. Mary. Our sponsors are. Oh, we're really keeping this on the air. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, great. So for our sponsors, we have today, for the it's like a menu at a restaurant. Our Go ahead. <laughs> Prager Metis, Valley Bank. I'm even afraid to put my glasses on now. I don't want to interrupt the air here. Uh, New Jersey Sharing Network, International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Seton Hall University and the Bacino Leadership Institute, North Ward Center, Fedway Associates, Delta Dental of New Jersey, and Veolia. That was a mouthful. That's right. And speaking of partners... Valley is one of our partners, but also I want to welcome our newest partners at the Meadowlands Chamber of Commerce, their magazine, Meadowlands Magazine, also Commerce, Commerce and Industry Association, and Commerce Magazine, and finally, New Jersey Business and Industry Association and New Jersey Business Magazine. Colin Gilbert, who uh, is, in fact, the Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer at Valley. First of all, welcome, Colin. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Mary. Do you appreciate how much time we spend thanking sponsors and, and, <laughs> and, and choking? It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> oh, and, and one thing we haven't done much of today, Steve, is promote our website, stand-deliver.com. The reason why I like to do that, Colin, is, you know, we love to share articles, chapters of Steve's books. Uh, there's past interviews of Lessons in Leadership. So check that out as well. Including with uh, Valley CEO, Ira Robbins. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and Yvonne Sorowick, we had Yvonne on, we had Jake on, so we have a lot of great um, folks. And yeah. Tammy, we had Tammy on as well. Yeah, and by the way, Colin, we have no more time left for you. We, I we did that's, a lot that's of perfect. That's we just it. decided to keep <laughs> yeah. promoting. Good seeing uh, you both. 
Yeah. <laughs> Colin, tell a little folks a little bit about your background as you come into this very important position at Valley. Yeah. So, um, so I joined Valley two years ago um, as the role of director of strategy and then assumed the role of, of chief marketing and strategy officer in September of this past year. Um, but prior to that, I'd spent my entire, you know, 25 year uh, plus career in the equity research realm. So I was in hmm. the financial services industry and worked for a brokerage investment bank and did equity research in the industry that I covered for my whole career was banks. So spent my entire career analyzing banks from the outside and decided to take the plunge and, and move inside a bank and understand how, um, you know, the inside of a bank is run. And it's been very interesting. Yeah. Interesting is the word we're going with right now. Challenging, <laughs> exciting, rewarding, a whole bunch of things. Colin, also by way of disclosure, Colin has been part of the Valley Leadership Academy. Um, we've been fortunate at Stand and Deliver, our company. You'll see our website up, as Mary mentioned before, to um, conduct leadership academies across this country with different kinds of organizations. Valley is one of the most significant. Colin has been a participant of that. Colin, I remember the first day we met in the academy, and luckily it was in person. We do some remote, but it's mostly in person. I remember what you said your greatest leadership challenge was. Do you remember? I, I have so many, Steve. And well, the more that I dug into it, I, you know, then I realized name, how many more I have. I don't recall specifically. No. Enlighten me. Name a leadership challenge, as good as you are in so many areas, which I know directly and personally, a leadership challenge for you that you're still working on getting better at. Ooh, um, I I would say it is articulating and understanding everybody's individual role and how to bring that together um, to, to sort of to move in, in, in one direction. I mean, I think that's the key as a leader. And I think, you know, moving into a, in an area of marketing and being a marketer, I don't have formal training in marketing. So I think really being able to align um, the expertise of the team and making sure that I'm leveraging or we're leveraging the skill sets and the knowledge base to, to, to serve the goals and objectives that we have as an organization and just kind of bringing it all together. I, that That's one of the many well, that's say. not that's not even one. That's about ten different challenges. Yeah, I told you there were a lot of them. <laughs> no, but then in a good way, Colin. That you're just you're describing how complex effective leadership is. This is not called the mediocre leadership academy. It's excellence in leadership. I'll follow up before Mary jumps in. One of the things I've picked up about you and and coaching and working with you over the last year or so is that you are um, someone who expects an awful lot of herself. You have very high standards. You've worked toward them. You have a lot of grit, one of my favorite words. How challenging is it for you to realize that not everyone shares your level of tenacity, grit, and the standard of excellence? Complicated question, I know, but I think about it a lot. Absolutely. I, I, that's a huge challenge. And I think getting to answer that and understand that is what makes even you know a, a highly... Uh, a high performing organization. And I think while if it's not naturally there for folks, I think finding ways to dig in and understanding what motivates people and really why they're doing what they're doing elevates their game a bit. And I think that's that's part of the challenge and, and the opportunity is like they may not come naturally with grit based on whatever their life circumstances might be, but I think getting them um, motivated and and 
and engaged in a way that aligns with just what, what their interests are and what their own individual purpose and, and level of fulfillment is, I think is what, what, you know, certainly I've been working on, or we, you know, we, I think all of us as leaders work on. We work on it all the time. Mary, jump in. Yeah, I, really since the first time we met you, Steve and I talk behind everyone's backs in the we Leadership talk behind Academy your back, and, in a good nice. way, in a good yeah. way. And we said, you know, <laughs> she's got that something. She's got that, whether it's motivation, whether you call it grit, leadership style, where does that come from for you, right? We talk a lot about, you know, oh, was it parents or a mentor of yours? Would love to hear from you and have you share uh, where your leadership style came from. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, I, I think I may be part of, when I first started in in my role as an equity research analyst, um, and oddly, I was an economics major from college, um, and you know, through post college, did a lot of job interviews and 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 said you don't have the math expertise, you don't have the finance expertise, and all of this. And I came into this kind of sort of fell into this opportunity, and here I was needing to be a research analyst where you're surrounded by numbers, you're surrounded by accounting, and I did not do very well in accounting in college. Um, and finance and in banking. And I thought I need to figure out a way to, to create a competitive advantage for myself. Like it's not going to be through forensic accounting. That's just not where my strengths is. Strengths are. So maybe, you know, at a young, early in my career, I was like, I got to get to the people part because in banking, I've said it for all the years that I followed banking, it's a commoditized industry. What's the differentiating factor? It's the individual, it's the management team, it's leadership and all that. So I don't know, you know, Mary, I haven't, frankly, I haven't thought too much about the why of that, but I do know early in my career, I was like, I got to get and understand people and what makes them tick, how they make decisions, what motivates them. So maybe part of that natural desire and inclination to get to the people part early on, because I didn't have the accounting expertise it's just carried with me throughout my career um i i don't know yeah the, we ask that question of a lot of people and it causes the best leaders the most introspective leaders to stop and go hey wait a minute and and then you are trying to articulate it as you're thinking about it and it's easier said than done because it's not like there's some quick answer to that question because there's a lot of factors to it and along those lines i'm curious as a follow-up to Mary, Mary's question, Mary and I talk a lot about um, gender and leadership. At the core, uh, Colin, in the spirit of asking another question that's going to have you really thinking long and hard, do you think at the core there's any significant difference in men versus women in leadership positions? And if so, what is that the essence of that difference, if at all? I would say the short answer is yes, there's absolutely a difference. And I just think whether they're in leadership or not, the, the, the gender differences between the male and the female is, is just scientifically there. Um, I think how women, um, you know, kind of evolve through the leadership roles is, is, is in a different way. And I, and maybe the strength lies in, I don't know, I'm gonna go back to evolution and, and women are generally the mothers and there's a nurturing quality, there's an empathetic quality that comes from, from being a female. There is, um, you know, I would argue um, a listening component, um, you know, a multitasking component. I mean, there's a lot of just character traits that, and of course I'm biased sitting in the seat of being the a gender of a, of a, of a female, but um, that we are either innately wired to be or through circumstances with our family, we, we morph into these roles. And I think a lot of those character traits 
are also traits that emerge as, as strong leadership traits. So I, it may not be as intentional through the through the course, but it's more um, sort of spontaneous, I think, in the way that that maybe women are wired. And a lot of it's also out of necessity because some of us in our homes who happen to be men do not take on certain responsibilities around the house with our children. Some do. I, Mary knows that every time I take out the garbage or recycling, <laughs> I've asked my wife why I'm not getting a gold medal. Why don't I get a, you know, recognized for this mm -hmm. and she's, or pick up one of our kids? It's like, are you serious? This is who I am and what I do 24-7 in addition to our career. Mary, jump back in. <laughs> well, well, I want to, yeah, I want to, I'm just laughing. I, I love when the garbage thing comes up because I think there was one time Steve either took the cans out or brought them in, but like they either hadn't been picked up yet or they were, it, Jen had already done it. I don't know. It was just a funny story, but. It, it's, it's, no, it's, <laughs> I know when I don't, and I just sit there and don't say anything. Mm. And she goes, you know, I know, right? That you <laughs> yeah, just, it's really bad. It's okay, really I'm bad, sorry. but let's, let's pivot. So let's, <laughs> let's pivot. Uh, let's talk a little bit about marketing and branding. I was curious about this going into today, especially the way that things have evolved and changed in the past three years now that we've been in this COVID world. Has your approach to communicating your brand, communicating your products and services, how has that really been impacted uh, really by the pandemic or has it been? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And, and, Again, it's coming from a little bit of a perspective in that I was not in marketing pre-pandemic. So my experiences has been um, impacted by the pandemic and then also kind of moving into this new career role. But in general, I think, you know, overall the pandemic and just, is it the pandemic or is it just the evolution of time and the evolution of technology and how we interact in society? But the, the human component of what we do, I think has become increasingly more and more important and rele relevant. And I think within, with that, you know, the authenticity of, of who we are, of what our brand is, of our purpose, I think that equally is kind of rising to um, the forefront of the way businesses are run. And again, is it driven from the pandemic and, and, and the concept of, of mortality and uh, there's so many complex issues I think that have come through the pandemic, or is it just a function of how we've evolved too over time? And again, the idea of technology, I mean, we could sit here and really break down like what the influ influence of TikTok has done to our society and Snapchat and all these forms of communication and perceptions of individuals' behavior and who they are. Um, but I think it's a, it's a cry to some extent for us to weed through a lot of that and be able to come clear and clean with what's authentic, like what's, what's truly real. And I don't mean real from our B-reels or whatever that gets mm. done on these <laughs> social media. I, I mean, I'm not, you mean no, all those things those young social. kids are doing. You mean, the, you mean the pictures of our family, those perfect pictures of our family yeah. and our family life. And I would love for people to start posting. I'm glad we don't in our house, like real arguments that go on, like oh. real, <laughs> like, like a real reality. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So, but I want to, you and I've talked about this a lot and Mary's been part of this conversation about wellness, a big emphasis in the leadership Academy at Valley on wellness and leadership for yourself, you can offer folks a lot of valuable advice right here. With a lot of imperfection, join the club, right? What is one action you have taken or will be taking to promote your own well-being, which is actually a seminar subject we have coming up next week? Go ahead. Yeah, um, that's, a good, that's a good question. And I think personally, 
for me, and maybe this is not just me, it's where we are holistically, but setting boundaries and really being disciplined on the boundaries that we set and, and, and feeling good and feeling proud of those boundaries and not being ashamed of the boundaries and knowing when to say no. Um, I mean, that's personally what, what I am, am working on. And I think that's really hard, especially for someone that, you know, has drive, maybe is more of a people pleaser and really has aspirations to know that as an individual, you want to be better as an organization, you want to be better. Um, so you want to keep going at, at you know, a thousand miles per hour. But I think taking those moments and knowing when to say no, I, that's, I'm not very good at it, but I'm working on it. I think that was like your question, right? Steve? Hey, Colin, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> we're all working on it. And I've often said that to you and your colleagues at Valley and the Leadership Academy. We're all just in this together, just trying to get a little bit better and learning from our mistakes and supporting each other as best we can. Colin, um, you're a friend, you're a colleague, you're a partner, and we look forward to our work in the future. Thank you, Steve. This has been great. And as do I, I've had such a great experience with with both you and Mary and your program and uh, can't say enough great things about it. So, so appreciative of your- uh, uh, Before I let you go, you've been in corporate life a long time. The best seminar leader you've ever come across in your career, it's a random question. Totally random. All right, never mind. It's not about me. <laughs> uh, that's Colin, Valley, Mary, Steve. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> this is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. <coughs> Who am I right now, Mary? Oh, I can't believe it. I If we don't get a single email or a note or something about the fact that we kept in a live broadcast. Now, let's let's just let everyone know this is not live. We have the option to call an audible, to hit pause, to restart. I can only imagine my eyes were probably bulging out of my head as mm. I'm choking. If I screw up, if I'm choking on water, we do it again. Of course. If you do it. It's just great material. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the reference. We're doing it live. We're doing it yeah. live. That was a, that was a reference to uh, I don't want to say the great Bill O'Reilly because I don't think yeah. that he just was screaming before he was even at Fox. Uh, Elvin, do you remember this? We asked you this before. I think he was doing what the heck show was he doing? He, yeah, he was like trying to do a read and it was impossible. And then he's no, like, no, but know. it was on Inside Edition, a current affair. I don't know what it was. Some wacky show he did. And somebody screwed up the teleprompter or the audio wasn't working. And he started yelling, we'll do it live and screaming and yelling. And that's where it comes from. Elvin, did you ever see that video? I okay, it, so. I played a game that you're doing other things. and You can't talk to us. It's all right. <laughs> he's afraid like, you're going like to bring him on while show. he's choking. You have no, 75 Frank, no, seconds it? left. What's that? 75 seconds left. Oh, wow. Now we're doing 75 seconds. I didn't even, was that a minute and a quarter? Um, <laughs> Mary, biggest takeaway from both Ty Cooper and Colin Gilbert, two great, strong leaders who happen to be women. Who happen to be women. I was just going to say that. I hope that any young woman, any young woman who is watching right now, anyone who says, oh, you know, it's a male-dominated world and how can I lead? Women can lead. You just saw it there with Colin and Ty. So I am just so thrilled to have both of them on the same segment. And that just happened by coincidence that they were on the same segment. So 
I, I just am super psyched. I thought it was great hearing their leadership tips, tools, and I learned a lot. So it's good. All right. And Mary, do us a favor. I have a few seconds left. You opted not to put your reading glasses on after I was giving you a hard time at the beginning of the show. Just show everyone how great you look with your glasses. I love my glasses. Well, the problem is you get the whole reflection, but I do like it. But look, you could see my lights. I've got all the lights up there, but we so do. I reflection, buddy. Sorry, I pick them off. Yeah, just a little okay. bit. But the good thing is if I oh now see now I can actually read Elvin's time cues, which I haven't been able to do what all day. What is he today. saying right now? Because I He's can't see. He's saying that what we you... have to say goodbye. But really? yes, I, yeah, it's time. Ah, it's time. Goodbye. It's time. See you next goodbye. time. Have That's a great it. day. Elvin That's said it. goodbye. That's it. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. The North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network.